asked me about, you know, how long I've been in ministry and so on, and like many of you, you know, you you feel like you're 30, and uh, maybe 33. I'll, I'll go to at least 33, you know, and I think about that. I know that Jesus, he died at the peak of life, which was 33, and so uh, our soul and spirit, you have to, never gets old. The body does, and uh, it goes through all the changes, but our soul remains uh, outside of time. It's just a very unique way that God had created us, a magnificent way that he created us. So, uh, Pastor Nadu has been in you know, ministry before he was born for three years. It's hard to kind of put your mind around that, isn't it? It just, it just doesn't seem to fit. Um, I say that this morning because the Word of God doesn't fit our mind. It doesn't fit the human reasoning. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the natural man, the natural way we compute things, cannot even receive the things of God. So when God speaks to us, folks, He doesn't speak to um, inflame our mind or to wow us. He speaks to the Spirit, and the Spirit is really outside of time. It, it doesn't really operate by just a, a time realm. It's outside of that, and so God's Word is magnificent, and it speaks to our spirit, and it causes our spirit to grow, come alive, be strengthened, the soul to be fed, and then that would be eventually affect our body. But as God speaks to us, we have to understand that the natural mind doesn't really uh, comprehend that. So this morning as I come and, and, uh, and be here with you and the opportunity being here with you, I've always kind of said, well, Lord, what do you want to say to the group of people that gather together? He knows each one of us. He, he knows you by name, and as Pastor mentioned that passage of Scripture, he says, look, I don't want you to worry about uh, your clothes, what you're going to eat, uh, where you're going to live. I'm going to cover that for you because I want you to be focused upon what I have to say to you. So as I pray and I wait before the Lord, I say, Lord, what do you want to say? What, what is it that you want to be able to communicate in this space of time that we have this morning? And I begin to hear this is that, um, first of all, we know that we're the house of God. True? We're living stones that God is putting together to build a house, and then within that house, His presence dwells. True? You know that, right? Okay, well, I just got to make sure we're all on this same page, because what I want to speak to you about next is that we understand that we're forming, God is forming a house. He's the builder of the house, and we are the house. Now, in this house, there's levels. It's not a single level house. There's more than one level. You'll find this throughout Scripture at times, especially in Revelation. It comes out the most in chapter 4 where he says, come up here, come up here. So that must tell me if he wants me to come up here, come up higher, then there has to be more levels than just a single level house. Uh, 
in the house that you live in this morning, how many levels do you have? Is there just one level? Okay, just one level. A lot of times it's nice to have one level because then there's no stairs. Amen. Uh, Becky and I are getting ready to build this house, and we wanted a single level. I don't want to run an up and down stairs all the time because that takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of effort. Now, when you are younger, you can go up and down those stairs with no problems. But, you know, when the old body gets away, well, you don't want to go up and down levels. Well, spiritually, folks, I'm afraid to say that we like single level dwelling. Because to go up higher requires a certain amount of energy. Well, I like to live in the single level. I'm comfortable in the single level. But if you'll hear the voice of God, he's saying, I want you to come up here. I want you to come up higher. Now, he cannot make you do that. He cannot force you to do that. But I want to be used of him today to challenge or to call or to be a voice to come up higher. Come up higher. And I can tell by your enthusiasm, you're really ready. <laughs> and some of you are looking for the escalator. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. There's no escalator, folks. There's no, uh, hey, just beam me up, Scotty. Uh, there's, there is requiring a certain amount of effort. And the reason that he wants you to come up higher is he wants to speak to you about things that he has not been able to speak to you on the level that you're at, on the frequency that you're at. He has to get us higher. Amen. You ready? Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Okay. I only got one service, amen, so. <laughs> All right, go to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to use this because this is a phenomenal story, and we begin to see levels here. At first, when you just read it, you don't catch it. You'll just read it and see the magnificent thing that happened here, but you're going to see the Lord come at different levels, and the levels was determined by the person that came to him. It was not determined by Jesus. It was determined by the person that came to him. All of us came to the Lord today, and through our worship and singing and praising God, we came and entered in to the presence of God. Now, being in the presence of God, folks, we have to decide, is this it? We've had great worship. We definitely have met each other more than one time today, ever, several times. I'm sure you've had three to four cups of coffee. We're, we're at a certain level, but do I want to go further? And so we discover this in this passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 8, and beginning with verse 5. It says, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Isn't that great? I mean, that just, that just captures me right off. This man comes. Now, we understand he's not a Jew. He's outside of the uh, the way God was meeting with humanity at that particular time was through the Jewish nation, 
And so Jesus even said to the, I first come to the house of Israel. He was coming to that house, house again. He's going to take this house and do something with it. But in the time being, this is a Roman centurion. This is a Roman soldier. It was probably one of the type of men that the Jews completely did not like. Because Rome was controlling them. Rome was dominating. They were the force of that day that kept the Jewish nation basically in control and slavery. This Roman came to Jesus, said, my servant is, is, is tormented. Will you, will, you, will you heal him? And Jesus responds, not even, he doesn't even flinch. This is what I love about the Lord. He just doesn't, he doesn't say, well, let me think about it. Let me, uh, uh, the, you know, you're a Roman. I don't know what the, the crowd's going to do. Let me check with my board, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what we're going to do. No, he just immediately says, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I say to you that many will come. Now the Lord caps on this, folks. He, he is, see, this centurion is doing something great. I come to the Lord. I have the potential to do something little, great, or nothing. And it all hinges on my faith. It hinges on the way I believe, the way I view, the way I approach the Lord, and actually what I believe about Him. It's amazing what's happening right here. Jesus then, He stops. He says, I'm, 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 I'm impressed, man. I, I can't believe this. And He uses this man as an example, and He says that I'm going to tell you something People from the east, the west, will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He is now, see, now at another level. The Lord is actually beginning to speak to the crowd at a different level only because of what the centurion did. You catch that? You and I actually determine what level God is going to speak to us every time we gather. It isn't, uh, yeah, pastor come. I know Pastor Joseph, when they teach, the audience is determining the level. What do you want? It's up to you. It's really up to the, folks, we're not, you're not spectating. I'm not, I'm not here to try to entertain you. I'll try that my best and usually, yeah, I'll try to get a couple of jokes going and, you know, kind of spice it up a little bit, but that's not, you're determining the level God is going to meet with us. Be careful when someone says, how was church yesterday? 
Ah, that was terrible. <laughs> well, th that's because of you. <laughs> now, I know you still love me, and we already took an offering, so that's great. We can, <laughs> we can, just, we can just go on and, and, and let, let me get a drink here. <laughs> because I'm with you. For, I, you know, I've been, uh, uh, for 40 years, how many, how many services have I been in? Becky's been saved longer than I have been. I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of gatherings, different places. I thank God for that opportunity, but I had to begin to realize that it isn't just the preacher. It isn't just the song, the uh, worship team. It is the whole house, and us together and collectively are determining the level that God wants to move. My question is, Lord, what, how much can you, what are you really wanting to do every time we gather? Do you think he wants us to be bored? Do you think he wants us to yawn in his presence? Do you think, folks, for a moment that he doesn't want to invade this world with the kingdom of God? Well, if we look at Jesus and just watch him, he was the kingdom personified. He was the very will of God everywhere he was going, everywhere he was moving. He was demonstrating the kingdom of God. Amen. Pastor, you started it with the very thing he said in the offering. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, how do we do that? Seek first in his righteousness. It is found in this passage with that centurion. It's not a mistake as you read the scripture why there's certain miracles and actions happening after what the Lord has said. He said, don't worry about what you eat. Are you not more valuable than the birds? Are you not more beautiful than the, the landscape and all the flowers blooming? Are you not more valuable than all of this? And as he said, the answer is yes. But how many of us really believe that, see? Oh, my spirit leaps, but my head, see, it's, not, it, it, it's, it's having a problem. Because how many people have told us, oh, you're worthless. You don't amount to anything. Oh, you know, you're, you know, you're too old now, man. You're in retirement. What, what People that retire, what do you do? You know, you, you're, you're not valuable because you're not producing and accomplishing something. What am I here for? All of that bombards our mind because it cannot wrap, folks, about what Jesus simply said. You're more valuable than birds. And the Father goes to every death of a bird. He knows when a bird falls from the ground, the Father's there. How much more valuable are you? I will take care of you. I will feed you. I will clothe you. I will house you because I want you to know the kingdom of God. I want you to be that expression of the kingdom that wherever you go, whatever you do, you're voicing that power of the kingdom of God, of the hope and the faith and the love of the kingdom needs to be expressed. So folks, we determine the level. This centurion, here's Jesus. He's ready to go. I'll come. Man, once again, I just, I get hung up right there. It, I just, man, Lord, because he's saying, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Roman centurion. He's saying that. He says they're going to come from the east and the west, the sons of the kingdom that should have known better. 
They are not going to be there. They're going to be on the outside because they would not believe me. They would not trust me. So, folks, the level that we go this morning is not dependent upon your education, the color of your skin, the sex that you are, it, it, not, nothing. It doesn't depend upon the church that we attend. It depends upon our faith in Him and how high I want to go, how far I want to go with Him. So this centurion, here comes the Lord. He, watch this, because he's saying something that Jesus marveled at and said, this is great faith. So what did that centurion do? Jesus is ready to come. His presence is ready to enter that man's house. And he said, no, no, no. You do not need to do that. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. But G see, once again, that word worthy, see, he, he's viewing himself, I'm not worthy. But you and I have to understand, and this centurion understood, needed to understand, he was worthy. Jesus is ready to come. But he's going to another level, see. He's saying, look, I don't need your presence. I want something from you. All you need to do is just speak the word. So the level we're at a level of His presence. He comes. He dwells with us. We can sense that. We may not sense it. doesn't matter about the feelings, the emotions, folks. The presence of God is here. Amen. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. True? True. Amen. He will never leave you. Praise God. He doesn't meet you at church. You bring Him with you. He doesn't stay in the building while you're gone now at home, and I'll be here waiting for you until next Sunday. No, he, wherever you go, He goes. And many times that's the level we're at. At times we feel that presence. We get excited. We feel the doodads. We fall out, whatever the case may be. That presence of God is there. Man, I felt the presence of the Lord. I was church Sunday. Boy, I felt the presence of God. Well, what happened? Well, I don't but I felt his presence. I knew he was here. Well, what happened? Well, I don't know, but it, man, I felt good. And then we try to duplicate. We got to make, come on, pump up. Come on, folks, get up. Come on, dance a little bit. Would you do something? Come on. And we got to pump this thing up. Amen. It's so, it's so, it's so, we're at that level. But this centurion went to another level, didn't he? And what did he say? He said, I also am a man under authority. If you could describe Jesus, how would you describe him? How? I never, well, what is Jesus to you? I'd say, well, he's my Savior, and he is. I'd say, well, he's, he's, just, he's just beyond description. He, he's, he's, he's in a place that he's a desire of all the nations. If you only could taste of him, man, you'd want everything about him. This man never said any of that. He said, I am also under authority. He saw Jesus as a man under authority. Isn't that interesting? And what was he under authority to? Well, we understand the Father. Jesus even said, I of myself can do nothing. I said, but you, you got to be kidding me. No, no, no. I of myself can do nothing. 
That's Jesus. He, he said that, folks. I, he said that. He said, what I see my father do, what I hear my father say, I speak. What I see him do, I do. He completely was in a th- under and submitted to the word of his father. Amen. When the centurion saw that, because he was a soldier, he says, oh, I know, I'm also under authority, but because I'm under authority, I can speak and soldiers will come to me. I can tell them to go and they will go. I have authority in my words because I'm under authority. So he tells the Lord, all you have to do is just speak the word. You and I, in this level to come up higher, is that, Lord, even if I don't feel anything, even if I don't see anything, would you speak to me? Your, your word becomes more important to me than anything else. We face, every one of us here have issues, we have problems we deal with, uh, fears that we wrestle with, and many times, see, we want that presence of God to come and heal or change. We pray that, and there's nothing wrong, because that, it's not like, the, oh no, I'm waiting for this great prayer before I, no, He comes at the level we're at, folks. He will not, He does not reject us. But yet at the same time, he is wanting me to come higher. The Bible even tells us that when he returns, what's he going to look for? Faith. He's not coming to see if we're perfect, if my hair's right, if, if I wear the right clothes, if I go to the right church. He's not, he does not, he is looking for faith. And what kind of faith? He talked about, uh, the Bible says, little faith. Pastor brings it out. He, he talks in this beautiful promise about him taking care of me. And he says, oh, ye of little faith. I thought about that. I said, Lord, what's, what's little faith? Because at one place he teaches about faith as a grain of a mustard seed. He said, all that faith has to be, the, the, if it's just as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, and it will get up and move at the word you say. So little faith, folks, is not size. I think it's the length. It's, it's how long can you believe God? Have you ever, you know, man, I'm believing God. Boy, he's going to meet my need. That's today. Tomorrow comes. Boy, I don't know, man. It's, whew, it's a Monday. I was able to believe for 12 hours. Maybe he's saying, why don't you stretch that out? Try 18. Really, folks, 18 hours without fear. (laughs) It's not the size. It's how long can you believe? Well, I can believe for at least 30 minutes. Well, praise God. That's good. Try 45 minutes. Try an hour. Try a day. See, the Lord is saying that he wants this a whole lifetime where I am believing him to meet my needs. That's little faith. The Bible talks about dead faith. James says your faith, you have nothing to show for you. You have dead faith, dead on arrival, man. Your faith is dead. But here the Lord is talking about great faith. He's talking about faith in this man that he possessed, that Jesus marveled. And at the very last verse, when Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, 
so let it be done for you as you have believed. So folks, when we gather together to go to that level is that I don't really come measuring by feelings or by the ability of the preaching. I want the Lord to speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. When I come and begin to pray, instead of just coming with the, the needs and the burdens of the day, I can come and say, Lord, just speak to me. Lord, that you'll speak to me, that I will live by your word. I need the word of the Father. Then when he speaks to us, when he speaks to you, folks, the key element of us going higher is then you must say what he says. Amen. Amen. I must learn to speak what he speaks. That means my tongue has to begin to be disciplined. Amen. You want to go further? I mean, this is now, this is tough, folks, right here. Because what God is after when he says, can I, when I come back and I begin to look for faith, there's a part of my body, my human body, that cannot be tamed by man. And what is it? We all know the answer. Then how do I use my tongue? How I use my tongue. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. Amen. You believe that? Then that will affect the way I speak. A while back, the Lord began to speak to us. I was at a conference, a prophecy came, and began to say, give me your tongue. You gave me your money, you gave me your life, you gave me your family, you gave me this, you gave me your time. I want your tongue. Sweet water, bitter water, sweet water, bitter water. These things should not be. Folks, we're living in a day, it's amazing what can come out of the mouths of people. We're living in a culture that is their mouths in the mouth of man begins to speak such horrible things, accusing, uh, lying, all the, the words that come out of our mouth and us as believers, us that need to live at a higher level, we must begin to present our tongues to the Lord. We must say, Lord, my tongue needs to be in your hands. Amen. You need to set a guard over my mouth. You need to begin to protect the way I speak because the great faith comes out of the way that I speak. We must learn, folks, about submission. Amen. We must learn. I'm not talking about domination. I'm not talking about controlling people and all of this kind of thing. We must begin to learn to submit to the Word of God, to begin to understand the Scripture. Amen. To begin to read it and to begin to meditate and say, Lord, I'm tired of living on the first floor. I want to go a little bit higher. I want to go a little bit further with you. What are you saying? So in the midst of my problem, 
problem in the midst of the fire, the storm, the sickness, the disease, the chaos, uh, the division makes no difference, Lord. I need to know what you are saying, and when you speak to me, I will speak what you speak. Be careful, folks, uh, entering into the political foray. Be careful not to get on a Facebook and begin to accuse. Be careful of how we use our tongue because at one moment, how can I praise and worship God and then go to someone's house and try to command sickness to leave somebody's body and then go and talk bad about my neighbor or curse my fellow man? This is not right, folks. Uh, This cannot be any longer. We must be men and women that hear the voice of God. Amen. Amen. God, what are you saying about my family? What are you saying about my children or grandchildren? What do you say about this city, Lord? What do you say about this situation that I am in and facing and dealing with? Lord, if you will just speak to me, will you just speak to me, God? I don't need money. I don't need fame. I don't need riches. I don't need popularity. God, I need your word. Hallelujah. And when you speak the word that's all I need if I never feel your presence again so be it if I never see something with my eyes so be it but Lord I live or die by the word that comes from your mouth folks he wants to speak to you amen he wants to speak to you than things that you have never seen before and because when he speaks to you you are able to take that word in prayer and begin to confess that. Begin to speak it over your family. Do you realize that you are prophets of your own house? Amen. The Bible, we don't have time to read it in James chapter 3. He talks about the tongue. He says, if you want to turn your whole body, it's the way you speak. Amen. The way you talk. Uh, He says these storms that begin to come, the winds that fiercely blow, you want to pilot your life through all those storms, uh, you have the tongue. Amen. And God will fill your tongue tongue. He will fill your mouth with good things. And in my prayer, I don't need to beg. I don't need to plead. That centurion, yes, he came and he said, my servant is vexed. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And he says, no, you don't need to do that. Just speak the word. Oh, my word. No wonder the Lord marveled. No wonder he was able then to take the whole crowd to another level and say, look, folks, uh, what I'm about to do through my death and resurrection, praise God. Jesus was so excited because he found a man, didn't need to be a Jew, didn't need to be a church-going person. It was a soldier, a Roman centurion, and he said, how great a faith. And Jesus leaped. It was like he leaped, folks, uh, past his resurrection when he brought to this world a brand new creation which you and I are of. Here we sit, 2,000 some years later, men and women born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and Jesus, starting with that centurion, he said, this man has great faith, has great faith. Folks, you and I have to be at that level. Amen. Because the Lord has a lot to say. Amen. He has a lot to speak about your life.
Yes, he does. He has something to say about your future, even going past this time period we're in, into the next age. He has something to say about it. Lord, would you speak to me about my future? Would you speak to me about my identity? Would you speak to me about my worth and my value? What do you say about me, Lord? I know what the word on the street is. What do you say about me? I know what the neighbor says or my family says, but Lord, what do you say? And oh, when you get that word, folks, when he begins to speak to you, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith leaps up, and that faith is demonstrated by what you speak. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you came today? Hallelujah. Aren't you? I'm glad. Amen. I'm glad that I see, oh, Lord, now I know. Now, okay, okay. I'm not going to worry. Let my faith not be little anymore. Let it be a little bit longer. I can believe you at least for the rest of the day. Amen. And then when Monday comes, Lord, what do you say about this day? You got to speak to me because my faith has gone from great to little, and I don't want it to become dead. God, what are you saying today? And as he speaks to you today, whatever he may say, if he says, today I love you, then you say to your, your spouse or your neighbor, hey, you know what? God loves me. I don't know about you, but God loves me. Amen. Amen. And that faith gives you the strength, gives you the power to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Folks, we're not losers. Amen. Our future is as bright as the sun. You don't have to, you, the, the truth isn't coming off of TV. Do you know, that may be a revelation today. Everything being said by, on TV is not true. Amen. Amen. What's true? His name is Jesus. And it's found in this word. By his stripes I was healed. Amen. Amen. He's going to take care of me. What's your portfolio looks like? It looks great, brother. Amen. It is wild, boy. He's going to fill my basket full. Have leftovers, abundance for every good work. That's my future. Amen. Well, what, what, what's, what do you think about America? Now, let me tell you about this. The kingdom of God is here and it is coming. I'm not sure about America where it will play, but for right now I'll pray for this country that it will repent of its sin and get a hold of God and begin to believe again of the Word of God. That's what the nation needs to do. But as far as us, the nation of God, we're the nation of God. Amen. Are you worried about? No, 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 no. Because our king has died once. He ain't dying again. And he's back and he's alive. And he dwells inside you and I today. Amen. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Touch somebody next to you. I know, be careful about that social distancing, but touch somebody today. Amen. Just touch somebody. You are touching the kingdom. You are touching the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That ain't no fib. That ain't no exaggeration, folks. That is the absolute truth. You are touching heaven. Praise God. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet this morning?